Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. If you turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3, Ephesians chapter 3, we've been singing about a mystery. Do you like to read a mystery? Do you like to watch a movie that's a mystery? Maybe that, that throughout the whole story, you don't know how it's going to resolve, but there's this tension, there's this secret that nobody knows. And, and as you're watching this mystery or you're reading this mystery unfold, there may be clues here and there that, that point towards what the solution will be. But oftentimes, we don't pick up on it until finally whenever the detective comes at the end of the, of the movie or the story and he explains everything and he points back to all the evidence that he's seen along the way and everything is all, wow, how did that happen? The Bible is the greatest story that was ever told. You have God creating all of humanity. You have Him creating man in His image. You have have, uh, the sin coming into the world and and introducing this conflict. You have the penalty of sin that, that we all deserve being hell. And you have... God Himself sending His Son into the world to resolve all the conflict, to defeat all of our enemies. And He ascends into heaven and one day He's coming again and it will all be resolved. It is the greatest story ever told and Paul thinks about the storyline of the Bible in terms of a mystery. A mystery that has been revealed. All through the Old Testament ages, there were hints, there were little glimpses of what all of human history was leading toward. And in Jesus Christ, we see the mystery has been revealed. The veil has been torn away. And we see... Paul here talks about how he's been given this stewardship. That he is the one that God had called to declare this mystery that had been hidden in ages past. He declares this mystery to the Gentiles and to Jews alike. And he does so on our behalf. Let's, uh, Let's go ahead and read. Ephesians chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. For this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation. As I have written briefly, when you... Read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it has now been revealed to His holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus 
through the gospel. Of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power to me. Though I am the very least of the, of the saints, this grace was given to preach the, to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what was the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God, who created all things so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might, be, might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you which is your glory. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you would help us. Help us to understand this text. Help us open our eyes that we might hear from you and open our ears. Lord, I pray that you would give me grace as I preach your word. Help us to see with clarity the mystery that's been revealed in Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> Paul begins, for this reason. Now, whenever we see that, for this reason, we're, we're asking ourselves, what reason? And this is something that can be reflecting back or it can be reflecting forward. Uh, I think um, in um, uh, chapter 1, he said, for this reason, in verse 15, and I think it was reflecting forward at that time, but this time, I think what's going on is he's reflecting backwards. The last time I preached, the last time I shared with you, we talked about how Jesus had come and he had break, broken down the wall between Jew and Gentile. He had broken down the wall so that the Gentiles could be included as, peop as a part of the people of God. And on that basis, for this reason, Paul says, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus on behalf of you Gentiles, what makes this, this passage difficult to, uh, to preach and to explain is that he kind of draws off and doesn't finish his sentence. He says, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus on behalf of you Gentiles, and you're expecting him to say what he's doing for this reason. But he kind of trails off and makes that aggression and then picks it back up in the sermon we're looking at next week. <laughs> So that, uh, that there by itself is, very, is, is kind of confusing. But he says, For this reason I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ, on behalf of you Gentiles. That brings up in his mind, as he's getting ready to pray uh, in the next passage, as he's getting rid of that, he talks about the fact that he has been made a prisoner of Christ on the Gentiles' behalf, and he starts to break in and talk about his apostleship. Notice also, he talks about himself as a prisoner of Christ Jesus. 
He is in a Roman prison at the time that he writes this. But he doesn't consider himself a prisoner of Rome. He considers himself a prisoner of Christ Jesus. The Romans may have put him in that prison, but he is there for God's purposes, for God's plans. And while he was there in prison, the the Gospel could not be chained. It tells us in Acts. The Gospel could not be chained. Even while he was there in prison, he was able to continue to be able to teach. People were able to come and go and he was able to send letters. The Gospel was not chained even whenever he was suffering in prison. He tells us he was a prisoner of Christ Jesus on behalf of the Gentiles. His entire ministry was centered around the Gentiles. Peter was an apostle that primarily worked among the Jewish people. We see that as as the book of Acts unfolds. And then when you come to the ministry of Paul, Paul is sent out with uh, after the council of Jerusalem with this with well actually he goes with Barnabas before the council of Jerusalem. He goes on that first missionary journey among uh, uh, to modern day Turkey and around that way and he plants many churches. And he, he, these Gentiles begin be getting, to, getting saved. And they return and they report what had happened in Antioch. They report what had happened and, and there were people that were concerned. What should we do about these Gentiles? Do they have to be circumcised or not? And... Uh, Paul is... Uh, well, they decide there at the, at the uh, Jerusalem council, No. The Gentiles can be included. They receive the same Spirit, just as we did on the day of Pentecost. They receive the same Spirit. And so, Paul was considered more of an apostle to the Gentiles. From the point of, it, of the Gospel of Acts, centering around Paul, on through the rest of the book, you see the Gospel going to Gentile people. <clears throat> now, He's, he's set all this up and he says, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you. He's talking to these Ephesian believers and he says, I, I assume that you've heard about this. I, I assume uh, he had been to Ephesus, but it had probably been seven years, at least seven years beforehand. And he may not have actually have known personally the people he was writing to, but he tells them, I assume you've heard about this. How the mystery was made known to be me by revelation. As I briefly written. How was this mystery made known to Paul? We can think of his conversion experience where Paul, he was a persecutor of the church. He was on the road to Damascus ready to to persecute Christians, ready to arrest them and take them back to jail. And on his way, he met the Lord Jesus in person, the risen Lord. And as he met the risen Lord, Jesus said to him, Paul, Paul, or Saul actually at the time, Why do you persecute me? Why do you persecute me? Is what Jesus said to Paul, to Saul. Even then, we we see how, how Jesus was speaking to Paul and He was saying that His people, the believers, were one with Him. They were united with Him. 
They were, they were like a part of his own body. So as Paul was going out and persecuting Christians, they, he wasn't just persecuting Christians, he was persecuting Jesus. <coughs> and we know the story. Paul was struck blind. He goes and, uh, in, into the city, goes to a man named, I think it was Ananias' house, Ananias explained the gospel more clearly to him, and his eyes, his uh, the scales fell from his eyes, and he became the apostle to the Gentiles. He's assuming that his his hearers have heard this story. Then he says, "When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ." At the time, they would have probably been hearing it audibly. Either either they would they would be reading it out loud, or someone would be uh, li- they would be listening as one person would read it aloud to the congregation. And he's basically telling them, as you're hearing this, as you as you hear this message, you'll be able to hear and understand the kind of insight that I have into this. He's kind of lifting up. The, the insight that he had that's beyond uh, what maybe others might have. With, and he says this, this mystery of Christ was not made known to the sons of men in other generations as it has made, 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 been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. In the Old Testament days, it was hidden. It was clouded. There had been some hints. We see the story of Jonah being one of them, where God sent his prophet, this Hebrew prophet, to Gentile peoples to proclaim if you repent, God will relent from his destruction of the city of Nineveh. And he went and proclaimed, 40 days and the city's going to burn. And the people repented. Saying that God had grace even upon those Gentile people. And you see this also in, in hints. Uh, in the Psalms, it says, let the nations be glad. In, uh, in Isaiah, there's parts where, where it, it talks about the inclusion that, that the Gentile people will be joining the Jewish people in praise to God. But not like this. There was an expectation that they would be praising God, of course, because He was the Creator of all. But here, Paul's mystery that has been revealed in Christ was that the Gentiles were included on equal footing with the Jews. On equal footing. They were partakers together. Look at what it says which was not made known to the sons of men in generations, but has now been revealed by His holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. The mystery is, this is where it's getting revealed, the mystery is the Gentiles are fellow heirs. Fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the Gospel. No distinction. Just as we are, there's no distinction, we're all sinners. Just in that same way, there's no distinction in Christ. He has torn down the wall. He has made together in His body one body, both Jew and Gentile, in the church. 
They are fellow heirs. We can think of the inheritance that, that was promised to Abraham. There would be one who would come from Abraham's line. Abraham would have land, he would have descendants, and he would have blessing. And here, the mystery that's revealed in Christ is that Gentile and Jew together are made fellow heirs. We inherit together all the promises. All the promises are yes in Jesus, the Bible tells us. It says... We're fellow heirs. It says we're members of the same body. Both Jew and Gentile together are a part of the body of Christ. No radical distinction between Jew and Gentile, but brought together and the way to be a part of God's people is now through faith in Jesus Christ alone. Um. Also, just thinking along practical terms, congregationally, uh, just, just thinking um, of uh, application, it, it was, it's a sad thing to know that oftentimes our congregations are so racially segregated. Um, I think it was Martin Luther King Jr. that said, Sunday morning may be the, the most segregated hour in all of America. Um, because of what Jesus has done in Christ, demolishing the wall and the hostility between Jew and Gentile and between all of His diverse people of a multi-ethnic people, we are one body. One body. Jew and Gentile, black and white, Hispanic, all together in one body. Um, and then, not only are we fellow heirs, members of the same body, he says, partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Both Jew and Gentile together, when they, if they are partakers of the promises, they do so through Jesus Christ and the gospel. That is how we obtain the promises. It's through believing the gospel of what Jesus has done. Regardless of whether Jew or Gentile, there is one way to salvation, and that is through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Verse 7. Of this gospel I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of His power. Paul tells here, this was not his own choosing. God made him a minister according to the gift of God's grace. It was God's choosing Paul, which was given to me by the working of his power. Only God's power could take a person who was a persecutor of the church and make them into the, the, the most effective evangelist and apostle the church had ever seen. Only the power of God could explain how a persecutor of the church could turn into someone like the Apostle Paul. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given. Paul didn't, know, he didn't think it was anything special about him. He considered himself the least of the saints. 
He didn't just consider himself the least of the apostles, which he says in another place, I'm the least of the apostles. No, here he says, I'm the least of the saints, the least of any, uh, the smallest of any Christian at all. Paul considers himself, probably because he had been a persecutor of the church before. He was the least of all the saints, and yet this grace was given. This grace, this calling of his to go to the Gentiles was by grace. This grace that was given was that Paul would go and he would do two things. He would preach preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. That's our mission too. We go and we preach the Gospel to those who haven't heard the unsearchable riches of Christ. His great love which with He has for us. The unsearchableness of it. We may be able to describe it in ways we can, we can talk about the story, but it is unsearchable. The wisdom that God had in all of that. No man could have ever come up with that. It only could be revealed by God Himself. He not only preaches the Gospel to the Gentiles, the unsearchable riches of Christ, He also brings to light for everyone, both Jew and Gentile, what is the plain, what is the plan of the mystery hidden before hidden for ages in God who created all things. This was all a part of the plan of God. It had been hidden in the mind of God from all eternity past. And now Paul is he is going out and he is proclaiming this mystery that was hidden all the ages before that is now revealed in Jesus. So that, what is the purpose here? What is the purpose? Why is He going out and proclaiming this? He tells us in verse 10, so that through the church, Gentile, Jew, together in one body, so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Paul went to proclaim this gospel to the nations, and we ought to go and proclaim this gospel to the nations about the redeeming love of Jesus so that through the church, God's wisdom will be revealed to the rulers, authorities, in heavenly places. That terminology has come up before and it will come up again. In chapter 6, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Another one of the writers, I don't remember, it may have been Peter who said, these things are the things that angels long to look into. It was hidden even from the angels. They did not know what God was going to do at the end of the age. But, Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess and everyone will be praising God, even the angelic hosts, as the Gospel is proclaimed among the nations. Verse 11, 
This was according to the eternal purpose that He realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in Him. All of this has been a part of God's plan. The mystery being revealed that Jew and Gentile are on equal footing. The the proclamation of the Gospel so that that even the angels, even, even the demonic forces would hear and be astonished at what God has done in Jesus. This was all a part of His plan. And because of this, because it's all a part of His plan, we can have boldness and access. Access. Because of of what God has done in Christ in breaking down that wall between Jew and Gentile, we have access with confidence and faith in it. If we have faith in Jesus, if we've trusted in Him, we have access to Him. He is our mediator. that We can go to Him and, and pray and He hears us. And He intercedes for us. Verse 13. We're we're thinking back to the fact He's in prison here. He's writing these things while He's in prison. And the people that... The Ephesian church that's receiving this message from Him, they're concerned about Him because He's suffering in prison. And He says, So I ask you not to lose heart over what I'm suffering for you, which is your glory. Paul says, don't worry about me. What I'm doing, God has called me to do. This has been a part of His plan from all of the ages. I am suffering in order to make known the Gospel to the nations, to the Gentiles, and even so that the, the, the angelic forces, both good and evil, will see and be astonished at what God has done in Jesus what, G- what Paul was suffering there in prison was for a cosmic purpose. And so he says to the Ephesian church, don't be troubled over my suffering. I'm right where I need to be. I'm right where God wants me to be. And he says, and this is for your glory. Now, this has a lot, a lot been kind of historical. It's talking about Paul's call to ministry. So how do we apply this to ourselves? How do we apply what Paul is saying right here? For one, we can be astonished at what God has done in Jesus. At the unveiling of the mystery. We should worship Him all the more because He's included us And He has revealed the mystery that was hidden in ages past. That's one thing. Also, He tells the Ephesians at the very end, I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is your glory. When the Gospel goes forward, it always goes forward with suffering. Whatever missionaries we send out, they will always suffer for the Gospel's sake. Now we should pray for them. We should pray that God would be with them and strengthen them, but we shouldn't be too troubled. They are going and they are our glory when they go out as missionaries. And if anyone from this room 
should ever go out as a missionary to the ends of the earth to go proclaim the Gospel. And if they suffer, Paul here tells us what their suffering is cosmic in its effects. It is, it is proclaiming a message that God had planned from the very, very before the foundation of the world. It is them being a part of God's plan from all eternity past. And it is our glory to suffer with them. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.